Miracy. Well, if you look at the launch like another offer or a creative process, it makes it more fun and it's a cool challenge. Hello and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, and I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Mericy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success, but as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we cover two related topics, creating your signature product and then launching it, both absolute fundamentals of an online expert-based business. Our guest is Marcy Nelson Garrison. Marcy's a product coach, a writer, a visual artist, and founder of the Coaching Toys online store. She's also the creator of the popular Card Deck Masterclass and the Product Lab. Marcy's clients hire her because they are ready to finally develop their own unique voice and create powerful products and programs that reflect who they are and make a difference and make money. So welcome to Marcy. Let's jump right into the conversation. I've known you for a really long time. I think we first met 20 years ago, something like that. I have watched you and your business over the years, and I noticed there was a certain point at which your business really started to explode. Can you walk us through a little bit of that trajectory? Yeah, it was over a few years, so it didn't happen overnight. I think it was creating the program, the Kardec Masterclass. This really uses my genius. It's creative. It's a really fun tool for people to use. It's interactive. And I know how to help people create that. And so that was the start of the blow up. I kind of had this belief that I could only grow incrementally. I had 50 in my program. And then I realized I had that belief that was limiting me. Why, why does it have to be incremental? Why can't I double it this year? Why not? And so I set that intention. What did you do? I got 100 people in my program. Oh, good. You doubled it. Nice. Nice. Really exciting. And every time you do those launches, you also grow your list. And I would be partnering with other people, like Mm -hmm. promoting them and getting on their leaderboards, which was really fun. And that gets you noticed. It's true. Yeah. It gives you a standing in the industry that you didn't necessarily have before that. Right. So it's been interesting, the doors that have opened by not just having JVs promote me, but by me promoting them. So it's been really fun (laughs) to be doubling my income and I'm looking at doubling it again. Like, why not? But this year, I feel like I hit a different threshold and it opened up the possibility for me to dream really big. Like there will be another blow up. There seems to be a marriage of two things, both the launch, that's the big part about getting it out there, but there's the the product itself. You finally got your product, the one that you could own in the space, in the industry. 
Can you tell us a little bit about the process of coming to that awareness and creating it? It helped that I had a mentor at the time, and I think mm-hmm. we all need them. <laughs> we all need mentors because our own thinking can get a little bit circular. I used to work in advertising and print production, so I know the technical pieces. I know about design. I have a fine art background. I'm an artist, so I really get the creative process. So all these things came together in a way that's actually perfect. Like I am the perfect person to teach this. Yeah, I didn't realize that you had all that background. I think everyone does and they forget that they have all these things they can draw on. And that's part of the creative process, just pulling from your whole life journey and all the different experiences you've had and how do those come together. And I think that's really a critical piece. People often go to the generic, okay, what's something that I could do as opposed to digging into, okay, what could I do? What's something that leans on the background that I have, the experiences that I have, even if it's similar to something else that's out there, what's my take on it that often people miss and just like, no, what's the easiest, simplest thing that I could do that everyone else is already doing? It's like, nah, not differentiated. People don't stay in the creative process long enough. They kind of grab that first idea and run with it. And it's usually the second or third iteration that really hits gold. I think they also do a lot of shoulds. Mm. Well, I should teach about this because, you know, my background's in finance, so I should teach something that's financial. Yeah. But it doesn't actually draw together all the threads and strands of their life. That really helps to pull in the different threads. And the creative process is about that. You need stimulus. In the creative process and sometimes just going to those different areas you've had a role in can help bring new a new twist or a new way of looking at something. So it sounds like the critical piece here is the process that they go through in order to unearth that wisdom that they have internally. And I think that ties right into what is their unique way of adding to the world. They won't find their unique way unless they do that. They'll just be copycats. Right. So you brought your creativity to create a course that's very creative in its delivery, that's helping people create and be creative in the creative process. Yes. Are you creative in your launches? I think it shows up in the content more than how I do a launch. Mm -hmm. So the creativity shows up in the challenge, doing a live stream. I still am following the typical launch pieces. Mm -hmm. For now, I'm still looking to be creative within those. Yeah. In that structure. Creativity has been a really important piece for me as well. I can remember my very first big launch and how I incorporated creativity into that. It made it really fun. Like I I happen to be living in Italy, so that helped, right? (laughs) And I did some videos with Italian backgrounds. And I also did prizes for leaders on the leaderboard and I made them Italian themed. So somebody got a case of wine, somebody got pizza for a year. Nice. So going into the launch, my understanding was that, you know, you'd never done a launch before. It was this big, scary thing and you jumped in, even though it was scary. So tell us a little bit about your journey with getting started in launches. Well, they certainly improved every year. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember that first one. It was crazy because I happened to have to go to a family wedding during it. I was writing copy in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Driving to Wyoming. It was crazy. Um, Oh, my gosh. So I learned never have all these things going on when you're doing a launch. It was a great first one. It didn't get huge, huge numbers, but still better than what I was doing if I weren't launching. 
I didn't add JVs till later, but that gave me an opportunity to start to refine the launch materials to get better at a webinar that converts. And so I got better at those pieces. And then I added a Facebook challenge to it. First one didn't convert, the second year one did. <laughs> you know, you try things and you follow a decent model for how to do it. And then you see what works. It can sound scary when people hear about all the pieces of a launch. So what makes it worth it? For me, the appeal is do all your marketing at once. <laughs> so have a date. Boom. And I think it was, I had a mentor who absolutely loved launching. Mm. So some of her excitement about launching was contagious. So if you look at the launch like another offer or a creative process, it makes it more fun. And it's a cool challenge. I kind of like doing launches and especially when you get results. And I got results every year and a little bit better results. So that was hugely motivating. So, okay, how can I get better results next year? How many people did you have on your list when you launched for the first time? And from what you've seen from colleagues and so on, what's the minimum that is needed there? I think 5,000 is good. I don't know that it's a hard and fast rule. It just depends on the nature of your list and who you're promoting and who's Mm -hmm. promoting you. I think you could start at a very early stage to do a small version of a launch, at least, and have some JV partners. I think it's always good to offer to go first when you're looking for JV partners. So I don't consider myself as an especially creative person, and yet it still can, I'm guessing, show up just in the voice of the writing. Yeah, being authentic. And also, I think metaphors are a great way for most people Mm -hmm. to add some creativity. Hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. all of us can find a metaphor or two that's sort of unique to us and how we view the world that could Mm -hmm. add a little bit of flavor and interest in what we're doing. A little fairy dust. Yeah. So who is a launch not for? What do people need to have in place? And without that, they really shouldn't launch. Where do they need to be in order for this to actually be right and versus not? You have to have an offer that can pull you. So if you have an offer that is exciting to you that you would sign up for, that's one of my rules for creating for myself. Would I sign up for this? I mean, there are people who really don't want to grow their business. Mm-hmm. Which is uh-huh. fine. It's a choice. Yeah. And so a launch might not be for them because I think a launch really is saying yes to a bigger leap. If you don't want to leap, there's little tiny versions of a launch you could do that are a little easier and maybe safer. And you don't have to go out and ask people to promote you. But you need to ask yourself what is in it for you to stay in that place. I mean, some people know why they want to stay there. Other people, it's just fear. But you can hire people to do the pieces you don't like. Because when people think they have to do every single thing themselves, then it is overwhelming. Mm. So having someone you can bounce ideas off of if you have a mentor or something, that helps. They can kind of break down the steps with you. Yeah. So what you're saying is it's best for somebody who has a product that they love and would love more people to get their hands on and who wants to grow and who wants to step it up. It's a big way to grow. Yeah. For me to go from 50 people in a program one year to 100 the next, that's a big jump. And it was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) When you did your first launch, or let's go back, when you had your first experience of blowing up, I don't know if that's when you went from 50 to 100 or when you went from zero to 20. Whatever your first experience of blowing up is, talk about 
what that felt like when you did it Mm -hmm. and what changed for you in your life. There is something hugely satisfying in doing the thing you're scared to do or doing the thing that's out of your comfort zone and, and to be able to celebrate it. And then to actually finally in my business start paying me a regular mm. salary that didn't change every month, wasn't boom, up and down, <laughs> consistent. Uh-huh. That was such a big relief to have some income stability. And that's what a successful launch did for me. Because the more people I got in through the launch, the more people would buy the next things. And then, you know, I bought myself a couple presents along the way. <laughs> so, yeah, like what? Can you share? Well, one year I bought an inflatable tandem kayak. <laughs> nice, how oh, cool! So it was just a good thing to have in Minnesota. It was a big toy for me to buy. Just I tend to not buy much. <laughs> this year with the launch, I'm investing in remodeling our kitchen. So I'm really excited. Ooh, nice! I've been tolerating some things for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the last five years is really the first time I've had reserves in my business. I used to not be motivated by money, but now it's like, well, I like this. <laughs> I like having some surplus. Money's okay after all. I, yeah. It's okay after all. So, <laughs> so I'm not so resistant to it now. <laughs> so let's talk. As you heard, I've known Marcy for many, many years, and it's been really fun watching her tap into her own particular area of greatness and helping people develop really interesting products and programs, and also watching her launch and launch again, each one better than the last. One thing that really stuck with me that Marcy said, if you feel uncertain about creating a product or have been putting it off forever, get a mentor. It will help keep your thinking from getting circular and you going nowhere. Same thing if doing a launch feels overwhelming. Get a mentor. Huge thanks to Marcy for sprinkling her fairy dust on the topics of product creation and launching. Be sure to download Marcy's gift to you, the Share Your Wisdom Product Idea Playbook. This step-by-step playbook will get your creative juices flowing and ideas popping so that you can touch more people's lives and make a difference and create transformation. Get it at blowingup.rocks forward slash Marcy. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Marcy. M-A-R-C-Y. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eni, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.
I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you if you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role. Listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think and they're afraid. They were honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at like, you know, my fears going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, they do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that that creates chaos. What's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And that makes people's jobs more purposeful. And people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. Yeah, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but, uh, you know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you asked me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there, but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard.